Welcome to this episode of the podcast. So today we'll review week one and some observations and uh, lessons learned going forward from the week one games. So we kind of covered the Thursday night game between the Packers and the Bears. And basically, uh, I gave you my take on that game on a separate episode. But uh, let's uh, go and talk about the other games. So the Sunday games and the Monday night and games. So as far as the Dolphins, um, if you know that your team is tanking and you have a limited career in the NFL as a football player are you gonna show up and be at your best no so that's what's happening to the Dolphins they are a mess and uh, they have talent deficit and the few remaining talented players they don't want to be there and the Dolphins organization they want to keep the good young players through this tanking process they want to keep them but that's a tough task. A lot of these young players, they want out. Some of them are reportedly uh, requesting trades. And uh, the game between the Ravens and the Dolphins, major blowout. Lamar Jackson, um, he had a monstrous game, a great passing game. The Dolphins highlighted their passing attack, deep passing attack, and Lamar Moore's an accurate passer, uh, very pinpoint, dart-throwing type passer. And, you know, when he's given time, he's able to do that. And uh, the Dolphins, they just don't have that type of uh, quarterback pressure, pass rush. And the Dolphins, they are, uh, even though they have some decent coverage players, good defensive backs, you know, without a pass rush, they don't perform well. I mean, like any team would. And... Uh, that's the situation right now. As far as the uh, the Ravens go, beating the Dolphins don't prove anything. But putting 59 points on an NFL team um, at their own place, that, that's pretty good. So looking forward to uh, seeing the Ravens next week. And let me quickly look up uh, what uh, week two holds. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's, uh, let's go on to uh, the Browns versus... The Titans game so that game was really interesting uh, the Browns offensive line looked terrible they lost their left tackle in in that game when the left tackle decided to uh, do some MMA and kicked a guy in the face and got ejected and the replacement left tackle he held up okay but overall the offensive line was terrible so many false starts and so many uh, penalties and just poor performance overall. Baker didn't have a good game. And uh, the first half looked okay. But in the second half, total domination by the Titans. And what's more concerning is also the Browns defense. The Browns defense allowed so many screen passes. Derrick Henry uh, had a big game just uh, catching and running the ball. And the Browns under this Wilkes defense is is not as aggressive, it looks like. And uh, they need to fix that. Otherwise, this is going to be a long season for the Browns. And also, the offensive line is concerning. And uh, Baker, 
um, when he beat the Ravens last year, that's when a lot of people became true believers in Baker Mayfield. Uh, no, actually, he didn't beat the Ravens. I'm talking about the game he played the Ravens very closely, and the Ravens beat the Browns, right? Uh, and uh, in that game, uh, Baker played extremely well against a top three defense in the league and the Ravens brought disguised blitzes on um, Baker Mayfield and Baker struggled a little bit with that and then adjusted so I think uh, the word is out that Baker is susceptible to uh, making mistakes uh, poor reads in these disguised blitz type situations and I think the Titans exploited that really well the Titans they have uh, what 2019 NFL defenses are generally doing nowadays basically uh, um, nose tackle alignment with linebackers and safeties blitzing and uh, not quite your traditional zone blitz fire zone type stuff but more like Rex Ryan type blitzes that's what a lot of NFL teams are doing they're uh, using more nose alignment nowadays to uh, take away the run game in early downs and uh, and then from a lot of times from the same uh, defensive line alignment they're blitzing so the 3-4 type game is uh, making a big comeback in the NFL and the Titans they're doing it really well and the Titans, they proved themselves to be a very good defense. And Baker had a poor game. Um, week two. So my computer is finally catching up. Um, so week two, the Cleveland Browns, they're actually uh, playing uh, the Jets Monday night. And uh, as I was saying about uh, the Ravens, right? the Ravens are playing the Cardinals. So I think I expect the uh, the Ravens to have a really good game against the Cards and uh, the Browns versus the Jets Monday night game is going to be a very good one I'll get to that I guess uh, later the next game uh, the Kansas City Chiefs putting on 40 points on the Jaguars so Nick Foles scores a touchdown and gets hurt and he's out so whenever he's not in Philadelphia Nick Foles is getting hurt you know like when he was in St. Louis same thing and Foles is out and Minshew is in Gardner Minshew he he was very solid fluid comfortable with his uh, decision making he was uh, just on point and he had 20 something straight completions or something like that and he did his best to get this offense going and they managed to put up 26 points but the Chiefs they're unstoppable I mean the Jaguars they're one of the better defenses in the league talent wise and still uh, 40 points on them so that's going to be a trend when you have Patrick Mahomes and he missed a touchdown by the way trying to attempt a no look pass to Kelsey but when you have Mahomes throwing to Kelsey and Hill and you add uh, Sammy Watkins to the mix those three individually very hard to uh, play man to man and when you put those guys in routes and put Kelsey deep in it's going to be very difficult for teams to uh, 
defend those guys and you add Andy Reid to the mix creative uh, route combinations and uh, accuracy of Patrick Mahomes and his arm it, it's it's an explosive offense and now you're adding uh, Shady McCoy to that team Shady uh, also had a very productive uh, day in his first game and Damien Williams and Shady McCoy carrying loads so this is a, a near unstoppable offense defensively I think they still have to uh, uh, prove to the world that they are better um, they definitely have a better roster it seems like and they're gonna play uh, the Oakland Raiders next week so looking forward to that game that's that game is gonna be very good and I'll get to the Raiders uh, probably last the next game uh, the Washington Redskins versus the Philadelphia Eagles Carson Wentz had a poor first half um, Jim Schwartz defense especially coverage was terrible in the first half and also uh, whenever the Eagles were trailing they uh, this defense doesn't perform as well because they're just not that good coverage wise they have a solid pass rush and Malik Jackson one of the uh, defensive linemen uh, former player for the Jaguars a big strong defensive tackle complementing that front line he's hurt he's out so the Eagles um, they have to find some kind of replacement for him and when you have a mediocre coverage that's a big loss so that's concerning for the Eagles so the positives from the Eagles game uh, from the Eagles perspective Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson that combination proves to be magical and Deshaun Jackson now if you just look at the entire career span of Deshaun Jackson he probably is at least in the modern era the greatest wide receiver that the Eagles have ever had at least he's in the conversation right I mean this guy is probably one of the best deep threat receivers ever to play the game and Deshaun Jackson had uh, at a field day and Carson Wentz his tendency is to always look go for the kill look always as deep as possible hold on to the ball and throw it deep and also able to extend plays because of his mobility and also because of his deep accuracy that's why he gets paid the big bucks but the drawback on that is that he uh, puts himself into risky uh, situations where he could get hit out of the pocket but that's who he is and the Eagles pulled off the victory um, Jordan Howard in that game uh, he had only like uh, five or so carries but he averaged uh, well over five yards I think it was like six seven or something ridiculous but uh, they decided not to use him as much they decided to uh, make things unpredictable they would bring um, Darren Sproles in now watch out this is that's an Eagles tendency they would bring in Darren Sproles put teams on notice that it might be a passing situation and then they would just use Sproles to run the ball so Doug Peterson he is a deceptive play caller and uh, it worked it worked against the skins and the skins they had a good first half like I said Vernon Davis had a magnificent touchdown and uh, Case Keenum had a nice first half and he just 
couldn't make that comeback, but uh, the Eagles' defense, to their credit, they seem to play well when their offense is going and they are ahead. Otherwise, this defense is concerning. So next year, the Eagles got to draft a pass rusher or acquire one. So that's where we're at with the Eagles. Um, the Skins, um, they're, they're just not um, there. I mean, as far as, I mean, a lot of their players are getting old and uh, they need fresh blood. And uh, Darius Geis, I think he got hurt again. So he might be missing a game or two. Who knows? So things aren't looking very good for the uh, Redskins. Um, the next game, uh, the Vikings, they had a blowout win over the Falcons. They started hot, which is what they need if you have a guy like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, who is good, but he's just not clutch, and we covered that in the previous episode. So Dalvin Cook, he looks like the Florida State Dalvin Cook, so that's dangerous if you are an NFC North team. So look for... Dalvin Cook to have a huge season. And as far as the Falcons go, um, terrible start, like I said. And uh, Matt Ryan, uh, he put up a um, couple of touchdowns, but uh, you know, just just not enough. And terrible start for the Falcons. And we'll see what they can do against the Eagles next week, Sunday night. And I think I'll have a few words to say about that matchup later. Next game, the Rams versus the Panthers. The Panthers had some fumbling issues. Otherwise, they uh, could have won this game. But fumbling issues, um, Christian McCaffrey. That's the big story as far as this game is concerned. Christian McCaffrey looks sharp. He is fast. And his vision and mainly the blocking... uh, by the offensive line and the offensive players and the running lanes created for McCaffrey they're big and McCaffrey is looking phenomenal so watch out for Christian McCaffrey he's looking phenomenal and Cam Newton's not looking very good and the the receivers also did not look very good they have high hopes for a lot of their receivers the Panthers as far as uh, the Rams are concerned, they just played their uh, typical game. Goff uh, had a had an okay game, and then uh, the running game looked very strong. And Aaron Donald and the crew uh, defensively did enough to uh, beat the Panthers uh, in Charlotte. The next game, uh, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets, a brutal divisional uh tough tough game and uh josh allen somehow squeezed the victory out of this uh matchup um josh allen's development as a quarterback as a passer uh is alarming he is basically playing like a rookie from last year and yet he's finding ways to win games so just an interesting situation so josh allen is basically the younger cam newton as far as the jets go they had a nice uh play here and there and uh, Le'Veon bell was involved in the passing game with a receiving touchdown yet uh they just uh 
did not have that kind of a spark offensively, only putting up 16 points. But the Bills defense is pretty good. So let's see what Adam Gase does uh, in week two. Let's look at week two. Who are they playing? It looks like they are playing the Browns. Yeah, like I said, the Browns versus the Jets, that Monday night game. So that Monday night game is going to be very important. So it's going to feature two teams with losses with two second-year quarterbacks and two new coaches. So looking forward to that one for sure. The next one, the Bengals and the Seahawks. The Bengals looked very good offensively and defensively, surprisingly, very very impressive and the Bengals defensive line alignments their linebacker play look like uh, almost like a decent playoff type team and offense as expected is gonna be good they're gonna score points and they're uh, using similar schemes as the Rams offense and also uh, they have a quarterback who is comfortable uh, throwing the ball accurately um like i said andy dalton he's just not that elite type quarterback but he's uh above average so kind of a player who puts gms in the dilemma as far as franchise money goes and dalton's experience and talent and john ross actually stepping up this year uh looking good with his speed and route running improved route running is proving to help this offense a little bit and joe mixon uh, didn't have a good day if joe mixon had a good day this was a bengals win so the seahawks won by one point at home from the seahawks perspective dk metcalf looked good um as long as he's healthy this is the type of player he's gonna be so whenever russell's gonna see a man coverage situation without safety help he's gonna throw deep to metcalf and that goes without saying that's the understanding between those two and Metcalf will also be used uh, in situations like you know uh, running like slants and curls and just four or five uh, routes and uh, he's likely gonna be uh, featured quite a bit um, and because of his strength He's able to just shoulder into a cornerback and uh, create some separation. So, interesting prospect, you know, DK Metcalf. And the run game was uh, essentially nullified by the Bengals, especially early on. So, whether it's the Bengals' defensive line or its scheme, we'll find out. Maybe this, you know, 3-4 alignment thing with... Uh, in early downs with a lot of blitzing maybe that's that's the thing uh, to do against the seahawks and like i said in 2019 a lot of teams are doing that and ex expect most teams to basically do that nowadays so the next game the colts lost to the chargers basically this game the colts could have won if adam vinatieri uh had put on some points kicking and he had three misses i believe but the chargers offense is good too so uh rivers and allen that combination is still very strong 
Mike Williams is still looking good. Hunter Henry's back. And uh, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. They're looking good running and catching the ball. So this offense is still looking strong. So without Melvin Gordon, not a huge drop off, but the offense looks strong. So defensively, though, now they are down a cornerback. They brought in a rookie, uh, no, a second year, first time starting corner, Brandon Faison. And Faison was targeted several times. And but he seems like a player with uh, good uh physical ability and uh, overall knowledge of the uh, defense to kind of hold his own a little bit but look for teams to target that new guy and Jacoby Brissett from the Colts perspective I think he had a decent game but um, again he's holding on to the ball a lot and uh, he's unwilling to uh, go to his outlets so that's kind of limiting the flow of this offense a little bit. Marlon Mack, I think he's having a great uh, start, and I think he'll have a good season. And the offensive line of the Colts is very formidable. So I think the Colts are going to be uh, okay. You know, I think uh, they'll they'll beat a lot of teams by uh, playing solid defense and uh, running the ball and uh, executing. So I think the Colts you can't totally underestimate him just because uh, Andrew Luck is gone I think they're going to be competitive so the Niners and the Bucks um, this was basically a uh, Jameis Winston story Jameis Winston in fourth quarter in key situations this guy just seems to lose his mind he doesn't have the concentration required to be a franchise quarterback. I mean, that is basically what his record says. He's making critical errors in key situations. And he basically lost the game. And this team has so much talent as far as uh, receivers. Godwin uh, having a good game and their best receiver, Evans, also having a good game and the offensive line isn't particularly good and running backs wise Ronald Jones coming in and Jones I think um, is the more talented back in Tampa and expect Bruce Arians to just bite the bullet and uh, use him a lot more so Ronald Jones is going to be catching the ball and running the ball and I think he increased some strength and size, so I think he'll be used a lot. Um, James Winston, um, it's one game, but I mean, I expect him to uh, not change a whole lot under Bruce Arians, just based on what I saw in week one. So expect Tampa Bay to probably move on from him, unless he puts on like five straight victories or something, but that's hard to see. Um, who are they playing next week? Let's find out. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, actually this Thursday, Thursday night game in Charlotte. Tampa's playing uh, Carolina. And that's going to be a tough one for Jameis because uh, Carolina's got one of the better defenses in the league, I think. So we'll find out. Um, as far as the Niners go, I think uh, they did what they had to do. And the Niners... 
um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the QB, is playing like a guy who's just coming back from an injury, which he is. And Kittle's proving to be uh, a monster as a tight end. And Tevin Coleman got banged up, but uh, this offensive line is as good as any as far as running the ball, blocking. So I think the Niners will have an improved season. But uh, Garoppolo, how uh, how is he going to be uh, once he you know settles? That's the question. And he's the kind of guy who needs to get in a rhythm and feel hot and when he's hot he's unstoppable otherwise he's very up and down so he's kind of like a momentum type quarterback is what I'm seeing now so next matchup the uh, Detroit Lions versus the Arizona Cardinals the Detroit Lions basically won the game until the offensive coordinator decided to call a timeout while they were ahead in the fourth quarter with uh, three minutes to go, I think. And right when Matt Stafford was uh, snapping the ball. So the offensive coordinator thought that they're going to get penalized for delay of game, not trusting Matthew Stafford to uh, know the situation. And Stafford was obviously pissed. And that gave uh, an opportunity for the Cardinals. The, the Lions had to punt and got their punt blocked. Decent field position for the Cards. Cards tied the game. Touchdown and a two-point conversion. And in the overtime, neither team scored. So it's a tie. An embarrassing situation for the Lions coaching staff. And other, other than that, I think the Lions looked very good. TJ Hawkinson looked very good as a rookie tight end. So... Um, if he's not on somebody's roster in the fantasy league, uh, go pick him up. And as far as the Cardinals go, um, Kyler Murray looked very, very um, beatable and predictable in the first half. And at points, he looked bad in the second half. But when he was given the ball, when he was trusted to make plays, he did up and down so if this guy isn't getting rid of the ball when nothing opens up if he keeps gambling going back 10-15 yards sometimes taking uh, 15 yard sacks I think things will get better but he's who he is he trusts his athletic ability and his uh, ability to uh, throw the ball uh, while moving um, and he's accurate he is pinpoint accurate but he's small one hit can change his career I mean he's a football player big guy from you know a traditional perspective I mean he's 5'10 and uh, 200 pounds or whatever but I mean when a 6'6 defensive end catches you and falls on you uh that's going to have a different impact than somebody hitting uh, Big Ben or uh, even a guy like Dak Prescott, you know. So I think the cards need to be careful protecting this guy. And Kyler, I think the organization just took 
a huge gamble. I think this is one of the biggest gambles ever in NFL history, picking up Kyler Murray. So much upside because of his uniqueness, but at the same time, big gamble. You're gambling uh, your future on a uh, great college player with uh, unique attributes. We'll see how it goes, you know. We'll see how it goes. And, and who are they playing next week? Let's find out. Um, the cards. They're playing Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Ravens, I think they will have a field day. You know, I, I just don't think... Um, the way uh, the way he put things on tape week one and how the Baltimore defense is prepared week in and out Kyler's going to have a good game but we'll find out you know I think uh, Kingsbury will really prove his worth as a coach in uh, week two against Baltimore next game the Giants against the Cowboys okay the storyline is Dak Prescott looked good. Um, the offense looked different. The offense is featuring more short passing games. So more misdirection passing, pick plays. The receivers looked more improved, more fluid. Dak's looking comfortable as a traditional quarterback. And Zeke coming back and being utilized as he should. Blah, 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 blah. But... It was against the Giants. I don't know what it what it's proven. As far as the Giants defense go, Jabril Peppers, he's uh, he looks lost. This defense doesn't have. They don't know how to use Jabril Peppers. So as you guys know, when they traded away Odell Beckham, they acquired Jabril Peppers, and Peppers was uh, fairly effective in the Cleveland Browns uniform magnificent players in, player in Michigan but uh, with the Giants he looks lost so we'll see how that changes and the Giants defense just looks bad offensively the Giants Saquon Barkley looks amazing I mean this guy unquestionably the most talented running back in the game right now um that's including Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. This guy, in year two, the way he's moving, I mean, it's looking ridiculous. Also have to put David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell in there. And uh, um, going back to David Johnson, the cards, uh, yeah, I think they're overusing David Johnson. And uh, you know how that ends up with the Cardinals. You know, when you are completely relying on one player like David Johnson when he gets hurt your whole offense collapses so the Giants um, I think to their credit I think they're trying to at least bring in and subbing out uh, Saquon Barkley at times but this guy's going to be used so heavily if they want to have a shot at trying to compete to win games so that's a concern but he looked amazing. Uh, as far as uh, the other players go, um, Ingram and Sharp, uh, not Sharp, uh, Shepard, they looked good. Eli looked slow. He looked uh, like an old quarterback. And speaking of old quarterbacks, let's move on to the next brutal uh, 
matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New England Patriots. I mean, this was hard to watch. The Steelers showed up not to win. Um, they looked absolutely horrible. They looked like a team that that had no talent as far as uh, receivers go. And Juju... Um, Except for Juju, um, the other players, the other receivers, they dropped balls. I think even Juju had a uh, drop ball. Big Ben looked inaccurate. I think he relied so much on Antonio Brown's talents, and he looked horrible. Um, but more concerning, the Steelers' defense looked out of place, looked horrible. Last year, they finished number 16 in points allowed. The year before, they were number 7. And when um, Shazier was uh, around, before he got hurt, the, the defense of the Steelers ranked somewhere around the 8th, 10th, you know, that kind of range, second-tier defense. And in their heyday, when Tomlin, you know, in the Tomlin era, when Palomalo was around, James Harrison, they were basically number one or number two. And they had a drop-off, and they had a pickup when Shazier came, and they were playing a little uh, better. And then uh, Shazier gone. Now they have Bush, who they're hoping to, uh, you know, become next Shazier or better. But Tomlin era Pittsburgh defense, ever since Troy Polamalu retired, not the same. That's concerning, and. Uh, the way they're losing to the Patriots is alarming, and the way Big Ben is looking at his age is alarming. So, between Big Ben, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers, only Philip Rivers is looking good. And what does that say about the quality and the Hall of Fame credentials between those three players? Yeah, Big Ben has two rings, Eli has two rings, Rivers has none. But Rivers overall is playing way, way better than those two. And you could argue that he's always played better than those two. So just a food for thought. As far as the Patriots go, they have Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown forced himself out of Oakland. And you guys all know the story. And some say, uh, you know, conspiracy theory. Uh, he knew, knew it all along. He just did the whole thing maybe even assisted by the Patriots to uh, force himself into the Patriots who knows man I don't know if uh, the Patriots would take a gamble like that in being involved but uh, I'm sure they would have happy to pick him up as far as uh, how long AB lasts in uh, New England uh, he's a guy who uh, who's a wild card so I think the Patriots uh, won't hesitate to just cut him because they're just that talented this year. But, uh, you know, I think they will, uh, I think for the benefit of both, and also because Antonio Brown, if he gets released by the Patriots, uh, because he's going to be in a tougher situation and lose more guaranteed money, he will behave uh, better. So I think this marriage will probably last an entire season and therefore the Patriots I think they're just too good offensively this year they have that kind of talent 
around Tom Brady to become that kind of an explosive offense. And obviously they have the running game and their defensive backs are extremely talented and well coached. The defensive line is good. The linebacker's good. So this is uh this could be a ring number seven year, you know, very likely. So the Monday night games. Texans Saints. To me this game was between a very equally talented teams and the ending of the game was weird the Texans nearly nearly beat the Saints but the, the Saints converted that long field goal they finally caught a break finally did but it's only week one um, from the Saints perspective uh, what you like is Latavius Murray is in shape he's looking good so Mark Ingram losing him not going to be a huge deal Drew Brees is looking clutch at his age all good defensively not so much not very good so that's a concern if you're the Texans your uh, quarterback is still getting hit a lot but that's the nature of Deshaun Watson's play and also, it might take a little time to uh, settle things down and function a little more effectively without getting Deshaun hits and Deshaun Watson beat up so much, getting hit so much. But what's encouraging is the offense is looking very explosive, and DeAndre Hopkins is looking like the best player, uh, the best wide receiver in the game right now. If I have to rank anyone, it's got to be DeAndre right now. So those are the positives. And Texans currently looking like easily the favorites to uh, win their division with uh, Jacksonville with their setback at quarterback. Colts, similar situation. The Titans um, also not really having um, that quality at quarterback. So good news for the Texans is they can get in to the playoffs. But they have to have Deshaun Watson healthy in the playoffs to make a solid run after uh, acquiring Tunsil at such high price. And Tunsil, I think, had a good game. You know, I think he uh, allowed a couple of... Uh, uh, he definitely allowed one sack and a uh, couple of uh, mistakes here and there. But I think, given some time, I think Tunsil is a big addition for this team. And... Uh, Running game-wise, I think they're still getting the job done with uh, Lamar Miller out. Defensively, I think they're still getting the job done. Um, Jadavion Clowney's gone, like I said, uh, but um, let's touch on Jadavion. So, he didn't look uh, like a solid superstar in that uh, Seattle game versus Cincinnati. And who is he? I mean, he's... A elusive fast pass rusher who's also uh, instinctive in uh, the run game but uh, he's just not that devastating killer pass rusher you know that's now being proven in a situation where he's expected to be that kind of guy so net loss wise losing him was probably not a huge deal for the Texans finally the Broncos versus the Raiders game so the Raiders they had something to prove. They came out angry after being embarrassed by Antonio Brown. And they looked good. The biggest takeaway from the Raiders. 
their tackles, their left tackle and the right tackle, their tackles played against the best edge rush in professional football, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And they did not allow a single quarterback hit. They did not allow a single sack. And they won the game. Derek Carr, as expected, he played well. I know Derek Carr has a lot of haters. But whenever I cover Derek Carr, what do I say? If you actually watch the games, he's actually looking pretty good. Last year, yeah, I mean, he had a bad season. But as a passer, was he really bad? No, he was actually pretty good. He got hit a lot, not to, uh, not because of his own fault. I know a lot of people say quarterback sack is a quarterback stat, but in the Raiders' case, no, it was uh, horrible protection. And now they don't have that; they have good protection. So the Raiders' offense is looking good. Josh Jeeves is looking phenomenal. Darren Waller, uh, he's going to get uh, asked to do a lot this year. So they will have to ride him. They will have to ride uh, Tyrell Williams a lot. So they don't have a lot of talented receiver. That's their only offensive weakness, it seems like. But defensively, surprisingly, a great game. But I'm not a buyer yet. I have to see more. Yeah, beating the Broncos at home. Uh, a decent offense, if you consider uh, Manuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton and Lindsey Freeman great skill players to cover but from the Broncos perspective now talking Joe Flacco looks very slow very very slow reaction wise adjusting in the pocket making decisions so that's a huge concern you know and uh, his only upside right now is passing deep and Who's to say that maybe if you bring in the rookie Drew Locke and he's a little quicker and yeah, making some mistakes along the way, but gaining more experience and also having a big arm, who's to say that's not the right uh, way to go? So I'm already doubting Joe Flacco as the starting quarterback for the Broncos right now. And I'm not a reactionary kind of guy, but uh, I did not like Flacco's performance. That's where I'm at with the Broncos. Uh, as far as defense, Vic Fangio is supposed to be uh, one of the best minds in the league. But yet, against the Raiders, who had a uh, rough, rough offensive year protecting the quarterback, while having the best pass rusher uh, in the game, arguably in Von Miller, and a young, great pass rusher, Bradley Chubb, not hitting the quarterback once that's concerning but again it's week one and Vic Fangio is in year one so not very concerned yet I'm more concerned about Flacco from the Broncos and I uh, have high hopes for the Broncos but uh, if Flacco is playing like this and if they're forced to go to Drew Locke um, I'm definitely not gonna be as high on him obviously so that's where I'm at. So yeah, that is my take and lessons on week one. Um, yeah, a couple other things, maybe uh, some fantasy football. Um, yeah, I think I don't think I w- 
I was as high on uh, Christian McCaffrey as I should have been. So that's one adjustment I would make. And what else? I think um, defensively, I think uh, the Rams, I don't think they will be as dominant this year. So a couple of notes on fantasy football. And yeah, yeah, let's end it. It's kind of going on for uh, a little too long. So talk to you guys next time.